Hi, and welcome to the Hingham Cast. This episode is brought to you by XR Barbecue. I'm your host, Allie Donnelly. I spent 20 years as a reporter for NECN and NBC Boston, but now I'm telling stories in this new way. Here on Boston South Shore, the Hingham Cast is hyper-local, looking at the world through the lens of one small town. The issues we explore are unfolding in communities across the country. Today, we're on local elections and sit down with the three candidates for the open seat on Hingham's select board. I'm going to introduce them in alphabetical order. We have Joe Kelly. Hi, Allie. Thanks for having me. Liz Klein. Hi, Allie. And Michelle Larned. Hi. Welcome to you all. Okay, so select board. There are three select board members who are elected for three-year terms. There's one position open because Chair Mary Power is retiring from the board. In terms of job description, it's pretty broad. They're Hingham's executive officers. They call town meeting and figure out what's on the agenda. Then they're in charge of implementing whatever gets voted on. They manage town finances and set the budget. They hold public meetings on town issues. They appoint not only the town administrator, but department heads, most of the members for boards and commissions. They enforce town bylaws and regulations. They're the licensing board for everything from restaurants and liquor licenses to limousines. And they're the commissioners for the water and police departments. That's not even everything, but you can see how powerful these positions are. So I want to get to the candidates. We used a random picker app to choose who would go first, and that is Liz Klein. So, Liz, select board members earn an annual stipend of just $2,000, or $2,500 if you're the chair. In 2020, they met publicly 80 times. It's an incredibly demanding, time-intensive job. Why on earth do you want it? And what is it about your lived experience that makes you the right person? Great question, Allie. I, I assure you, none of us are doing this for the money. <laughs> the The select board is, is an important board in town, and you explain the role uh, very nicely. It's important to understand uh, what what the board does and what the responsibilities are, and that they are the represent all of the people in town, all of the citizens in Hingham. And given my experience, both volunteer and professional, I think it puts me in a, a good position to do that work. I have served on the Master Plan Committee, the Hingham Downtown Association, the Hingham Women's Club, Hingham's 375th Anniversary Committee, and, and other committees and volunteer positions within the schools. So given that background, the historical perspective that I have working with citizens and town leaders since I moved to Hingham in 2005, I think that gives me a great foundation for doing the work um, and, and to get to your question about why, why now, why do I want to do this? I feel like Hingham is in a, a position where uh, we're at this kind of tipping point where we have a rich history or a well-managed town, but there's so much to do and there's big issues on the table ranging from education to diversity to climate action. And I want to be part of that discussion. I want to be have a seat at the table and, and have a positive impact for Hingham. Okay. Liz Klein, thanks very much. Joe, you came up next. Thanks for that question. Um, I would say that, you know, this is the time where Hingham has a lot of challenges as we roll out of the pandemic. And as we look at what the town wants and what the town needs and how the town is funded, we're going to have to take action and you know, look at what, what our wants and needs are going forward. Uh, 
My goal is to bring the state and the county government and, and perhaps the federal government into helping us finance some of the things going forward for the town. I uh, currently serve the town on the Public Safety Building Committee, and I have served on the personnel board for the town as well. Um, and I, I, I hold a uh, I hold an office with the with the uh, Massachusetts Democratic Party, so I, I have a lot of personal relationships in our state legislature that I'm hoping to be able to bring uh, to the benefit of the town of Hingham. Uh, we, we have to, you know, figure out how we're going to fund this town and uh, solve some of the issues that. The pandemic has created and um, fill some of our past funding challenges. So I think I have a 22-year a, a career working uh, in in uh, the building trades, and I've served uh, at the union at, that I work for in in conflict resolution. So I have this innate ability to bring people who have fundamental differences to the table to find commonality. And my hope is to pull people out of the silos that they are in to work together to solve the problems that the town um, has coming out of the pandemic. Terrific. Thanks so much. And now, Michelle, to you. Yeah. So, um, I mean, as a social worker, I've never done anything for um, the, the income that I was going to make. Um, but, you know, the reason that I I want, want to run is I think that we need a different style of leadership. I think we need a different perspective. I've always been a person who wanted to affect change in everything that I do. It's why I became a social worker in the first place. And so I think that one of the things that I'd like to see us do is the way that we approach budgeting. Um, I noticed in watching a lot of the different recordings over historical um, select board meetings is that there's a contentious relationship between, for instance, the school budget and, and the uh, select board. And I think that's unnecessary. The school uh, committee and the school department are doing the best jobs that they can in order to identify the needs of the students. And when we, of course, they are they they are over fifty percent of the budget, um, and that's standard for all towns. And so I think what that's one of the things that I'd like to approach is is a little bit different about how we approach it, the tone that we approach things with. And making people feel more that they are a part of the government. There were a lot of questions asked over the course of the budgeting uh, period this year that could have been answered if we had a little bit more open government and things were more accessible. Meetings were posted um, and minutes were posted in a reasonable period of time without having to be personally requested. So those are some of the things that I'd like to start with and then kind of go from there. Okay, Michelle, thank you. Okay, we're going to move on to our next question. What do you want to accomplish in your first six months to a year? Joe, this goes to you first. Thanks. I would like to accomplish in the first year of my term, filling these budget shortfalls and pulling our state and county government into the finances of the town of Hingham through direct funding. Uh, the CARES Act was directed toward our county government. They issued that funding. Uh, our state legislator, legislature has been given funding uh, through the the recent Biden stimulus package, and I want to work with our legislature to, in our county government to fill those shortfalls where we have them here in Hingham. And if we can pull some of that funding back to Hingham and maintain our status as we build out of this economic time that we find ourselves in, I think it would benefit the municipal budget and 
our tax base. Okay. Michelle, you're up next. Yeah. Um, you know, in the in the first six months, um, one of the things that I'd like to look at, um, on the ultimately the first thing is making sure that the different committees post their meeting minutes in a reasonable period of time and get videos posted with Harbor Media. That would be the first thing I'd love to see because I think that I want to drive involvement within things in the town. The second thing is that I'd like to find creative ways to fund the needs of the town. Um, I think that every single department needs to look closely at their budgets, not just the school. Um, and then I think we also need to look into other ways like grants. And we need to be cranking out grant applications because there is money out there that I just don't think that we are taking advantage of. Um, and the next thing is I want to make sure that everyone is accountable um, to, to following through on those sorts of things. All right. Thanks. Liz, you're last. What I would like to accomplish in the first six to 12 months are, are a few things. Looking at one, how to recover from COVID, how to safely reopen, reopening town hall, the library, revitalizing local businesses. Uh, second would be around communication and accessibility. I, throughout this campaign, I have utilized social media. I have done video recaps of meetings. So I'd like to continue that and and provide communication regular communication in an easy way for people to to receive and absorb, um, as well as make town hall and and the board more accessible by setting up office hours. Another thing is is certainly around the budget, analyzing the budget, thinking creatively about new revenue sources, working collaboratively with town committees and boards. Um, looking at grant options, working with our state legislator for other opportunities, regional opportunities, working with the school committee and the advisory committee. One of the things that the select board and advisory committee will do is, is evaluate the town financial policy. So that's an important step that will take place in the first year. Um, and then finally, you know, thinking about master plan implementation, the work that's been done by the master plan, the recommendations and actions that have been outlined, starting to think about how to move that forward with an implementation committee, supporting the schools, um, the other capital projects. And one of the another main point um, for the select board and a first responsibility that will happen over this summer is appointing town committees and boards. So looking creatively and um, how to diversify those boards. Okay. Thanks to you all. I want to take a break here to thank our sponsors. Their support made this episode possible. First, let me tell you about XR Barbecue Sauce. XR is a labor of love from Hingham's Ben Cutler. If you know Ben, you know how passionate he is about food. But barbecue? <laughs> Barbecue's his baby. He talks about it with his tenderness, building the fire, caring for the meat, and he didn't want to ruin it with garbage sauce. So a couple of years ago, he started making his own. XR is North Carolina style, lighter, thinner, complementing the meat, not overpowering it. It's all natural, no stabilizers, no preservatives, very little sugar, just clean, honest ingredients. You can get it online at xrbarbecue.com or grab it at Ralph's on North Street. Okay, back to the candidates and a potential override. So there is a lot of talk about a potential override, which would mean higher property taxes. What do you need to know or see to recommend an override? Michelle, you're up first on this one. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, I think everybody knows that I, I said that I uh, fully supported an override this year if it was necessary and if we didn't find creative ways to, to fund the needs of the town. And we did that this year, but now we have uh, pushed that down the line, which likely means next year. And, you know, I obviously want to want to make sure that we have taken a very close look at everyone's budgets, not just the school budget. Um, so that's the first thing I want to know. One of the things that keeps happening year after year is that the school um, committee comes up with a, a great budget that funds all of their needs. And then over the course of the budget period, they slash things off. And that's not to say that we don't need them, but they know they won't get approved. And I think that that needs to stop. That's not fun, fully funding the schools if just because they're getting what they finally ask for. And so I think that's one of the things I want to know what the, what the full needs are without the considerations of all of the things that have been chopped off. Um, we, when, we, when you chop off a, a, a different uh, type of teacher, that means our students aren't getting that, that piece of the education. When you take off a counselor, it means there are less students that have access to, the, to a counselor. And so that's one of the things that I'd like to see. I do recognize that there are people in town who are going to be affected if the taxes increase. And I think we need to take a close look at what that looks like. Okay, Michelle, thanks. Liz, you're up next. Potential override. Based on this year's budget process, uh, we know that there is a potential for an override, um, a a very large potential. Uh, Part of Prop 2.5 is an override. It is a necessary tool that goes along with Prop 2.5. So I absolutely support an override if that is the only option. So a few things that I'd like to dig into and, and have answered before making that decision are looking at the school committee's budget, supporting the school committee in their strategic planning process, really looking at what's working, what's not, what do we need to provide excellent education in Hingham and, and fully supporting that? Uh, working with the advisory committee to ask those, those hard questions, analyzing every municipal budget and the school budget, uh, as well as there's talk about creating a committee to do sort of an override study, which I w- would fully support. Um, I think that will be an important task of the new select board to define the scope of that committee and uh, appoint people to that committee so that we can very creatively think about our options, um, you know, really think about new growth, think about funding, uh, grants, you know, all of all of the available options and resources to us and really thinking about what that that override might need to look like and, and educating the citizens on that. Uh, there's also there also will be a tool for citizens to understand the personal impact if there was an override. So I look forward to working with the other select board members, advisory committee, and citizens to to define what is best for all of Hingham. Okay, Joe, the question's to you. Thanks. So, you know, I would first like to take a look at what the budgets do look like. Um, I will recognize that the demand for services in the town of Hingham continues to climb and the funding just it doesn't grow at the same rate. So, again, I, I would like to look at our federal partners and government, our state and county partners and through the grant writing process also to try to add funding to the town budget so that we can fund some of these services that, you know, that, that the 
the folks that live here expect and, and want from their municipal government. You know, we have to look very closely at our school budget and, and what we want the schools to be in the town of Hingham and where they're at and how we can we can fill gaps for families that have childcare issues or uh, access to tutors and sports and all of the wonderful things that make our schools the, the great place that they are. And, and I, you know, we also need to, we also need to pay our bills. So if, if these are the goals for the town, then we need to fund our town. And if that means an override, we would we would have to we would have to fund our town, but I, I wouldn't support an override until we have taken a hard line look at all of those those wants and needs for the town of Hingham and bring it back to the rate the, the taxpayers and figure figure out what rate they're comfortable with and make sure that everybody's on board because at the end of the day uh, it's it's about how we grow this town and we maintain level services for people and give them the things that they're expecting out of their municipal government. Okay, thank you to you all. At town meeting, voters approved money to design a public safety building on 3A. Some say it's the right move. When police move out of town, the senior center gets to expand, and we have a large population of seniors, about a third of our population. But others say the public safety building shouldn't advance until all the school needs are met, like securing money and getting a plan for foster. Do you support a public safety building on 3A? Uh, Tell me why or why not. Liz, this is to you first. I do support the public safety building on 3A for a few different reasons. One, our public safety personnel who are critical to our community need a safe place to work. They need the equipment, the resources, so they can serve our community well. Two, as you mentioned, the senior center is dependent on this public safety building happening. So the police department moving out of town hall so the senior center can expand I think that is all a critical need as the senior population is growing. They need a, a safe space to, to get together as well as programming to meet the needs of, of our senior citizens. And third, I, I like this uh, building approach, the phased approach. I think the way it's been moving forward with community input and um budget items, you know, related to each phase is a good way to go. So I encourage people to get involved and provide input uh, during each of the phases. But I, I, you know, I think it's an important, it's an important capital project. I do not think it's mutually exclusive with the schools. Um, Foster school is certainly a priority for the town. I think everyone can agree on that. Uh, Foster school building process is in process. We are getting state funding, uh, which is which is wonderful. It saves the taxpayers money. But with that, you have to follow the state process and the state timeline. So foster school is not happening as quickly as we would like. Um, and I certainly understand the frustration there. But we are in the state process and that that will move along. So I fully support foster school and I also support the public safety building. OK, Joe, the question goes to you next. Well, in full disclosure, I serve on the Public Safety Building Committee, so I am in favor of the new Public Safety Building facility being located at the, uh, the the site on on next to Fresh Market on 3A. I I think the town of Hingham has the strong ability to do more than one thing at a time. I think we can absolutely build a public safety building. 
which will <clears throat> uh, create new facilities for the police and fire and build a foster school at the same time. We, are, we have a ton of talented people that volunteer on boards all across town. And I think uh, this is a, a, a long overdue building, certainly to replace the North Fire Station. And I would encourage people to uh, check out the, the, the facilities that our, our first responders currently work in. It, it, was, it was eye-opening to me. And, and there is a video on Harbor Media if you'd like to check that out. And, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a needed building and it does, moving the police out of the town hall does advance the, the, the planning for the senior center and construction projects going forward. So I fully support a new public safety building uh, in the current proposed location. Okay. Michelle, now to you. Yeah. So um, I think it would be, it would be odd to say I don't support it at this point in time, considering we've already started to move forward and purchase the land. Um, I think that I have concerns about our willingness to pay a significant amount um, over the value of a property. Um, I don't think that that's good, solid budgeting. I think that the speed we, you know, we were told we're not going to move forward until we have a good plan. And then it's like, well, now we need to purchase this land. I have concerns about that. I have concerns about the way that it was communicated. Um, I do believe that particularly the uh, fire station, like Joe mentioned, uh, you know, the video that was shown needs safe facilities to operate out of. Um, I'm concerned that when those things were identified that we didn't do anything about it then. It's the same thing as foster school. These problems were identified a long time ago and we didn't do anything about it. Uh, and now the when you do not do regular maintenance on your properties, on the things that you are tasked with managing, now we end up in a situation where we have an abundance of capital projects that we need to fund. And it puts us in a, in a significant budget um, constraint. And so, although I am supportive of it, I think that the, you know, I'm concerned that the senior center is sort of being, you know, it's, it's this other thing that's been added where, well, the senior center. And so I want the seniors to have a good space. Um, and there's been some conversation around that they prefer to stay there. I'm not clear on that. I think that I, uh, I have concerns and I'd like uh, better communication around the public safety building. Terrific. So I want to move on. There's been a lot of development in town in recent years. One of the few remaining substantial spots that could be developed is South Hingham. What do you see as the risks and benefits of doing that? Joe, you're up first on this one. Great, thanks. Well, some you know, looking at the master plan and what's come out, it looks as though the development of South Hingham would would have a substantial tax benefit to the town of Hingham. We would have increased tax base. But the, my major concerns with the development of South Hingham is what does that put on the, the, the burden to our school system, the burden to our police and fire? And, and what, is the, what, is the, what is the build out for that? How do those new residents affect our ability to fund our town going forward? Increased people will mean increased services. And how do we have responsible development to not continue to add folks that will be a burden on on the system or will we increase the tax base so you know i would absolutely like to work with people who are 
would would like to see i would like to see a little more commercial space and and things that will benefit the town more restaurants would be nice we have a an increase of uh our meals tax in the event that we have more restaurants and those things go to funding the town so if we can we can develop responsible responsibly so that we don't put a huge burden on the on our budget and increase access to to the land in, in, in our, our town. I think that's a benefit for everybody that lives here. Okay. Michelle, you're up next. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that the development of South Hingham all in all is a, is a great option for us. I think that developing additional opportunities for housing that are uh, affordable to more citizens or residents is, uh, is better. And the more people that we have living or working, in our town increases our revenues, which now increases our capacity to fund different things. Um, so I think that some of the some of the concerns are around traffic and, like Joe mentioned, uh, public safety. And I think that those things are things that are concerning. We're building this big public safety building on 3A, and then we're saying, okay, we're gonna we may have more development. So can those those new uh, commercial properties or residential properties, can they be serviced accordingly based on our current setup? Um, so, but I think that all in all, it's a, a great opportunity for us. I think when we're talking about increasing revenues, um, that's a good thing because it um, limits the tax burden on other citizens or other residents. Okay, Michelle, thanks. Liz, on to you. I think there's a great opportunity for development in South Hingham, uh, and it's a, it's an important area to look at in terms of revenue, expanding the tax base for Hingham, as well as a, a regional strategy to commerce and commercial development. So looking at you know, what businesses can go there, uh, different housing options to attract uh, more diversity in town, people that want to live and work in Hingham. So I think there's a great, great opportunity. And uh, through the master plan process, working with the HDIC, the South Shore Chamber of Commerce, there's there's a lot of great work that has been done and studied in South Hingham. And I certainly look forward to continuing with the recommended actions as outlined in the master plan and working with the planning board. There, of course, with with development, there are many risks. So it has to be done responsibly and, and creatively. Some of those risks are around infrastructure, roads, traffic, public safety, police, fire. If there is significant development in South Hingham, we will likely need a fire substation in South Hingham to be able to support that development as well as Linden Ponds. Um, of course, there's a, a great burden to the neighborhood, and I think it's important to take into account how any development impacts the neighborhood, the safety of our streets, our sidewalks, our children, um, again, looking at traffic, as well as um, some other issues related to South Hingham that are currently being studied are water and, and wastewater. So those are those are all important um, pieces to, to balance it for every project. Okay, thanks to you all. I want to take a break to thank our sponsor, Clandestine Kitchen. We're a softball family, so it's 7 38 o'clock when we get home on game nights, and we're starving. We get pizza, wolf it down, feel like garbage, do it all again next game. 
But the other week, we had clandestine waiting. We got BLT flatbread, pesto pasta salad for my vegetarian, and the Thai peanut noodle salad was my favorite. We also got these little energy cluster balls. My kids loved them before the game to tie them over. Everything is fully prepared, ready to go, made from scratch, locally sourced, and except for the flatbread, we had enough for lunch the next day. It was terrific. So if you want to give their six-week home delivery a try, mention the Hingham Cast, and new customers get $25 off their first order. Okay, back to our conversation and how candidates would have handled a recent controversy in town. Last summer, a resident asked the select board to fly the pride flag at town hall. The board said no, saying that they only fly certain flags like town or state or MIA POW flags. They also told Hingham firefighters to remove a thin blue line flag from local fire trucks. Now, you have to speak as a board, of course, but as an individual select board member, would you have voted to make those same decisions and tell us why or why not? Michelle, you're up first on this one. Oh, I'm glad I got to go first on this one. Um, so I think um, it's probably well known. I was part of the request for the pride flag to be flown. And so um, I would have not made the same decision as the select board. I would have flown the pride flag. Um, other towns are doing it. Boston is doing it. And even more recently, um, uh, Holliston did it. And if you watch their uh, select board meeting, they thought, I can't believe we're even having to vote on this. And that's the perspective that I wish that I would have seen from our select board. And probably was the initial moment where I thought, I think I might run uh, for select board. And so, so no, I would fly the pride flag. I would fly the pride flag June 1st of this month if I could. Um, the second thing is, would I have made the same decision to remove the thin blue line flag from the fire trucks? And the answer is yes. Um, I think that there are a lot of concerns around the thin blue line flag. And particularly one of the things that I have approached with and what I recommended for the flag policy for town is that we want, if you're going to fly a flag, it should be approachable for everyone and it should not be harmful to anyone. I do not believe that the pride flag is harmful to anyone. In fact, it's an all-inclusive flag, um, but the thin blue line flag is not inclusive of everyone and does make people feel feel fearful. And I think that's what we need to remember is that it's about people's perceptions. And if people feel fearful, um, then it's not something that our town or our public safety officials should be doing. Okay, Michelle, thanks. Liz, you're up next. This is a great question, Allie. Thank you for bringing it up. It's certainly a, an important one and comes with a lot of emotion. The board last year, I think, was focusing on there not being a formal policy and what did that mean for the town? Did it open it us up for litigation? Did it open us up for having to fly any flag at any request of a citizen? So I think those are, are important things to consider. Um, I think it's it's important when in the lack of a policy to be consistent and that is the way to be fair. I'm certainly following the case in Boston, um, which is in the appellate court. Um, you know, as we know, they've spent a lot of money on on this this case. Um, I, I applaud them for for doing that and am watching it closely to see how that will shake out and how and what kind of guidance that will give for for municipalities. Um, I 
I fully support flying the flag. I fly it at my own personal home and I encourage other citizens and residents of Hingham to do the same as I do think it is an important symbol of um, being a welcoming and inclusive community. Okay, Liz, thanks. Joe, now to you. Great, thanks. I, you know, I, I appreciate um, the, the emotion and the attention that this drew last year. And I personally would support flying the pride flag on town property. That being said, I would hold until the decision was made in Boston um, through the court system. I know that that can become a slippery slope. And, um, you know, when you have to start flying flags for different reasons, um, it can become a pretty volatile situation. I, I do think that most people are reasonable and fair folks in this town. I don't think that people would intentionally fly flags or demand the flags be flown that would uh, upset, intentionally upset or attack people. And uh, I hope that that would be the case. But sadly, the state that we're in right now, we have a lawsuit that is going forward in Boston. I would like to see where that case settles before flying any flag beside the American flag on town property in Hingham. because the town really can't afford to enter into a long battle, a legal battle at this stage. Um, I, I do, I would have absolutely ordered the removal of the thin blue line flag from, from the, uh, from, from the fire trucks in town. And uh, I think what that message, the message of that flag has severely been altered. And, uh, you know, I served as a Secretary of the United, of the Electoral College here in Massachusetts, and I was supposed to be at the Capitol on June 6th when people with that flag attacked the Capitol. So I think the message of that flag has severely been altered, and it doesn't stand for what you know some people think that it stands for. So absolutely, I would have removed that flag immediately. Okay, Joe, thanks. I want to dig in a little deeper there. Hingham hasn't officially weighed in on many social issues like racial inequities, hate crimes, marginalized communities. Do you think Hingham needs to grow as a community on that front? And what role do you think the board should play in that? And lastly, how do you strike a balance between becoming an activist board and getting the day-to-day nuts and bolts of the job done? Liz, this goes to you first. I do think this the select board plays an important role in that um, to present and demonstrate and exhibit the values of the community. Um, I I think that I would like to see much more diversity in Hingham. Um, I, I know I'm not alone in that. We heard that through the master plan process, the community input uh, was was talking about diversity, uh, racial, ethnic, age. Um, housing diversity. So I think I think there's a great need and want for it. And I think the the board, the select board has a responsibility to to support that vision and and take action to support that vision. Um, Some of the ways of doing that are acknowledging where we have issues, acknowledging um, racial inequities uh, in our in our history um, and you know, actively recruiting diverse populations to one move to town, but also in our hiring practices for for town employees as well as volunteer employees. 
Um, as part of the, the current budget, there's over 30 new educators um, as part of that school budget. And that, that can be a great opportunity for us, I think, to bring in more diversity. Um, so I hope that that, that will happen. Um, other things that um, I recommended for the master plan were things like establishing a diversity, equity, and uh, inclusion committee. So I would like to see that happen um, you know, very, very much in the short term. I think that's an important piece, an important committee that can work with the Hingham Unity Council and other people in our community to achieve these goals and our, our vision for diversity. Okay, Liz, thanks. Joe, what do you think? Well, as a product of the Boston Public Schools, I can tell you with all honesty, I, I, I see diversity and inclusion being what makes this country the best. And the more diversity and inclusion that we have in the town of Hingham, the better everybody is. So as a member of the select board, I would work with the planning board and the zoning board and developers as we continue to build out parts of this town to make sure that we do have uh, workforce housing, low income housing, and, and increased affordable housing. As we get, as we seek people from all different uh walks of life, whether it's uh, people of color or people of lower socioeconomic status or any type of uh, diversity that we can add to the town of Hingham benefits everybody. And we should seek it everywhere. We should seek it on our boards. We should seek young, young folks to join our boards, people with families. Diversity, diversity, diversity is terrific. And I would push for it at every turn in every possible way. Okay, Joe, thanks. Michelle? Yeah, I'm, I think that the um, select board holds a, a huge role in making sure that uh, we have diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, one of the things that, that I do within the military um, as a leader, and I do it within my civilian job as well, is that you model the behavior you want to see. Um, and the, the board of selectmen, or I'm sorry, the select board is a... Um, is a representation of our community. And so, although I haven't made this a part of my campaign other than to say that um, my wife is a woman, but I'm a part of the LGBTQ plus community. This is an opportunity for Hingham to, to make a person who's a part of the LGBT plus community a part of the uh, select board. Um, and I think every time we do something, it's about our actions. And so things like saying no to the pride flag is not uh, following, you know, we can say a lot of things and say that we support things, but it's about the actions that we take. I think that uh, we need to hold, I I'd love to see, you know, realtors, um, you know, reaching out to communities, uh, to diverse communities to encourage them to come here. I think that we can, we can provide education around why Hingham is a great town. But I also think that we need to make sure that people are held accountable when they are harmful to other people. Um, we have seen a handful of incidents here in town um, that, uh, that are, uh, are harmful. And I don't think that we have seen um, good accountability in those sorts of things. And I think that's one of the places that we need to make sure that happens. So people know that if you, if you do something harmful to someone else in this town, that we will not stand for it. Okay, thanks to you all for those thoughtful answers.
Let's take our last break before we hear what projects the candidates would prioritize. I want to thank our sponsor, Trist Studio. I've been going to Trist for, I don't know, since they opened. Kelly and her team are awesome. It's such a safe space for women. I mean, you go there and you're really putting it all out there. But whether you're in for a facial or brows or tanning, they make you feel good. I love getting spray tans there. You go in, you're feeling blah, kind of vulnerable for a full body tan. But the women there totally put me at ease and I always feel like a million bucks. People will see my glow and ask where I went on vacation. I say the same thing every time, body by Trist. Thanks guys. Okay, let's get back to our conversation. There is so much on the town agenda, so to speak. Master plan says we don't have enough fields in Hingham, lights. How are we going to address affordable housing? We have environmental issues like sea level rise, the compressor. How would you prioritize and figure out how to pay for all of these things on our plate? Joe, you're up first. Well, I think we have to take a close look at what our town uh, boards and our committees are saying. And we, we have to prioritize coming out of this pandemic first and foremost. And how do we get our children back in school and back at the level that they were pre-pandemic. And then we have to address the needs of the, the, the plans that the town had put, put forward before the pandemic hit. And we have to make sure we fulfill all of the obligations that we were on the path to, to meet those needs prior to this and carry forward um, you know, with the continued capital outlay plans. We're looking at doing fields and like you mentioned lights and, you know, all of these things are vital to how the people in Hingham enjoy the outdoors and how, what access we have and, and how we will build the town going forward. What makes people attracted to the town of Hingham, what maintains the real estate uh, levels that people, you know, have come to rely on as, as part of their retirement and, and, we have to maintain the high standard that the town has become accustomed to over the last few hundred years since the uh, since the Pilgrims founded this town. So we just have to keep moving forward, taking steps in the right direction, and we have to kind of take our direction from town meeting. And where does the town want us to go? And that would be where I would head down. Okay, thanks, Michelle. How do we prioritize and pay for all of these different things? Well, uh, that's a great question. And I think the person that has the answer to that um, maybe should have a bigger role than uh, on the select board. Um, I think that, you know, I don't know that we need to prioritize. So I don't think that, you know, one thing necessarily needs to come before another, except for the schools. Um, When I think about the reason that I moved to this town, the number one reason was because of the schools. And so I think that that is one of the things that most people will say is that they moved here because of the schools. And so if we do not take care of the schools, we are going to lose that opportunity of people moving here because of the schools. So I think that they have to take a priority. I think that also that will that will have a waterfall effect into all of the other things. And certainly it may mean a waterfall effect of cost, but it will also mean a waterfall effect of revenue if we can get more people coming here because our schools um, are great. Um, and so that's the first, I, I would prioritize the schools, but I think that we don't have to work on things in a linear fashion. We can work on a bunch of different things at one time and it takes creative budgeting. 
you're not just working on one thing at a time at your house. I am you know, a multitasker. So I'm usually working on 15 things at one time. And I think that that's what, that's what we have to do as a town in order to, to push us forward. Okay. Liz, to you. Part of the master plan process is taking community input, uh, coming up with a vision, goals, actions, and a lot of great work has been done there over the past 18 months. Uh, but the next step is to prioritize. Everything can't be done all at once and can't be paid for all at once. Um, and if everything is is super important or high priority, then nothing is, right? So I think it's it's looking at what what does the the community really need and what is what is urgent and important. Um, I see those high priority items as recovering from COVID and education and the schools. September is going to be here before we know it, and there's a lot of work to be done to get the schools fully reopened and um, have all of the the open positions for educators filled so that we can meet the needs of our students. We have seen deficiencies at every grade level um, and there's going to be work happening over the summer. And, you know, we want we want our teachers and students to be able to hit the ground running in September. So that I see as high priority. Um, Some of the capital projects that are already on the table, I would say are priority foster school, public safety building, senior center, and some there are dependencies there, but they don't have to be done uh, serially, right? So foster school will continue on with the MSBA process. The other buildings will continue on with their processes. So working with town committees and boards to make progress in, in according to each of their uh, missions and goals, I, you know, I think is, is the best way to, to move forward. And the select board plays, plays a role in supporting those town committees and boards, making sure they have the resources they need to make the progress that's necessary. Terrific. Thank you all. Monday, May 24th, you will be on the job, and it's very much going to be trial by fire. What is the last word or last thoughts you want to leave potential voters with to help them decide how to cast their ballot? We use the Random Picker app again for this one. And Liz, I know you just went last on the other question, but uh, you were chosen. So Liz, you are first on this last word. I'd like people to understand that it is an important job. Um, It does take a lot of time and energy, and I am 100% committed to that. I have very intentionally chosen a time that is good for me personally and professionally where I can devote uh, much time and and energy to the select board. And as much as I have had experience over the last 15 years working on town committees and boards, working with town leaders and citizens, as well as my professional career in finance and management, there will still be a steep learning curve starting on May 24th. It's, it's a big job. Um, but I, I hope that people will um, consider my background and experience and proven track record of um, not only what I've done in town, but working well with people with different perspectives to achieve common goals Um, that that will help me really hit the ground running and um, be able to serve the town well. Terrific. Thanks. Michelle, last word. So, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that I'd like the community to know is that 
uh, I, I'm definitely coming at this um, from a different perspective. Um, this path for me to be on the select board is not the traditional path. Um, and I've heard that from people um, throughout this campaigning period. But I think that we need different perspectives. I think that we need an energy and a leadership perspective that I can provide. Um, I have served in the military for 21 years. I'm a social worker. I care about people. Um, I'm a teacher. Um, and so I think that through those things, I have the perspective that that we need on the select board in order to push this town forward. Um, and so, you know, I ask for your vote on May 22nd. Okay. Joe, your last word? Well, I want to thank everybody for being here and thanks for putting this together, Allie. It's uh, been a great time. And um, one thing I just want to say before we wrap up is I, I hope you'll, I hope that voters will take away um, my work ethic and the hard work that I put in and my volunteerism over the years. I have been, uh, you know, uh, I, I've served the town on the public safety building committee and the personnel board, difficult tasks. And, you know, I think the one thing that makes me um, strong, a strong candidate for this is my ability to bring people together. Uh, I, I'm looking for folks to come together to solve our common problems, and I'm looking forward to working with folks. So I'm asking on May 22nd for your vote for the Board of Selectmen. All right. Terrific. Thanks to you all. Joe Kelly, I thank you for being here. Thanks, Allie. Liz Klein. Thanks so much, Allie. And Michelle Larned, thanks so much. Thanks, Allie. It was fun. Listeners, I hope you've heard how critical these local roles are to you as a citizen and that this helps make your vote an easier choice. The election, as we've heard, is May 22nd. Get out and vote. I want to thank my wonderful podcasting partner, producer-editor Kristen Keith. Our media partners at the Hingham Anchor, it's hinghamanchor.com. Our website was designed by Donna Mavramatis and her team at Mavro Creative. And I'm Ellie Donnelly. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.